Hey guys, so welcome back to the Aspire podcast. It's amazing to have you guys here. And today we have a special guest who's actually also from New Zealand. I feel like I'm bringing on all the Kiwis today. Um, so we have Josh Ryan. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me. So I know a little bit about your background. So obviously you're 23, very young, entrepreneur, running a six-figure social media marketing business. Um, I'd love to first actually just explore, you know, who you were before you were an entrepreneur. I feel like for many of us, we have some sort of, you know, backstory that inspired us to take this route. So tell me a bit more about, you know, your younger days. You are still already really young, but, you know, before you were this entrepreneur and a business owner. Yeah, so I've honestly always been somewhat entrepreneurial, like from a kid. Um, I think my parents helped sort of instill that in me, mm. that if you want something, like go out there and make it happen. Uh, and so that was always always the way I looked at it. Like from a young age, when I was eight years old, um, I wanted these these cool football boots, and I wanted to go and watch Messi play for Barcelona on the other side of the world. That was the dream. We didn't have a lot of money, and so instead of saying no, my parents are like, "You can have that. You just got to find a way to to make it happen." Mm-hmm. And so that's where I started my first business. I rang up Coca Cola every day for about three months um, and pretty much convinced them to get me a vending machine, mm-hmm. which was the first way that I made a little bit of income. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point, I, I got into social media when I was 15, so still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Just started an account for fun. I saw everyone with vision boards, dream boards, all that stuff. I sort of brought that to Instagram. Started doing that, built up an audience, learned those skills and, and turned that into my business. So I've pretty much been an entrepreneurial forever um yeah I don't know if that answers the question too well but yeah yeah. so you mentioned obviously growing up um your parents weren't too well off um I relate to that so much because that was the same with my parents right and I think sometimes it is that almost that lack of around us that really pushes us so what was your childhood like in terms of you know just growing up and actually seeing that hey I need to make something for myself because the things I do want my parents probably couldn't provide me um I mean, my parents always worked hard and, and were a good influence on that mm. front. And so I think it was a pretty good combo. We didn't have lots of money, but had parents that, you know, loved me and looked after me and encouraged me to go for it and, and work hard themselves. So I actually think it was a pretty good way to grow up, to be honest. I think if I'd grown up with heaps of money and everything yeah. was easy, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't learn, you wouldn't develop the same character traits that make you push hard. Exactly. And where did you first start off on YouTube or Instagram? Like what platform did you first start posting on? Instagram, definitely. Um, I would have been too nervous to show my face on, on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Same with Instagram. So I just built an account up. And it was posting motivational quotes, stuff like that that I liked and resonated with. I uh, reached out to a guy who had about a quarter of a million followers at the time and just asked if he could post um, post one of my pieces of content just to help grow the audience because I figured, hey, that'd be a good yeah. way to grow. Uh, and he turns around and he's like, yeah, sure, but it would be like $50. And I was like, this was 2015. So yeah. no one knew about influencer marketing. And I was like, hang on a minute. Like, <laughs> what was happening here? You're getting paid to post someone else's stuff on Instagram. And mm-hmm. I, I was just fascinated by it. So from that point on, I was year 11 in high school, or probably starting, starting year 11. So the next three years in high school, I pretty much just spent my free time where I wasn't in school or playing sports trying to just learn social media, learn Instagram, learn how to figure it all out. Mm. At 18, I'd finished high school and I decided I'd, I'd give it a year to try and build the agency. Mm-hmm. If not, I can just go to uni a year later than everyone else. No real issues. And from that point, things started going pretty well. We got some good clients, got some good results. 
And after that point, I moved into YouTube where I could just share what was working, what wasn't working and try and help other people. Mm. Do you remember the day where you were kind of like, okay, actually, I can actually make money off this. Like, this isn't just an Instagram platform now. You're 18. You're like, holy crap, I'm going to give it a year. I can actually create a full business from this. Because I think back then, nowadays, there's a lot of like agency owners, right? And there's a lot more in this space. So it's so much easier to actually learn because you can just replicate what someone else is doing, right? But I feel like back then, it was still very new. Like, earning money online wasn't a big thing. It was very much like you go to school, then you go to uni, and then you work a job that you studied. So tell me a bit more about what actually got you sort of realizing, like, I can do this. Like, I could create an agency here by myself at 18. I think it was just other people doing it in, in communities because you weren't a lot of people that were publicly, like, on YouTube. Like you say, like, there weren't lots of well-known influences and so on. But there was still communities that I was a part of, like, on, on I think that app was GroupMe. I think it's... But most people use Telegram now, but GroupMe and, and Kick and those sorts of apps where a lot of similar pages and people were working in social media were always networking or doing deals and all of that stuff there. And so I would see people mostly over in the US that were running these these big businesses um, from their phones. And so what I didn't really have anyone in New Zealand or anyone around me locally, like where I'm from, mm. that was doing it. You could still see there were these people online making it happen. And so I think that paired with the fact that my parents just always believed in me and then you know told me you could go do it i didn't really have that limiting mindset where i just thought i couldn't i just you know other people were doing it why couldn't i <laughs> and just went for it yeah that's incredible and what drives you now like do you feel like because when i speak to a lot of entrepreneurs right sometimes it is that dark energy that really continues to drive us because you do need like i was um, I was listening to the podcast and it was saying how they did a study with rats and basically if you put like the smell of cheese in front of a rat they're going to run and if you put the smell of cheese and then the smell of a cat behind them they're going to run 10 times faster it's that dark energy that really pushes you further what do you feel like for you is the biggest sort of motivator especially on those days where you're like i'm doing pretty well for myself now how can i keep going how can i keep myself you know getting up and setting new goals um i mean i definitely think i've been in that place where things have been going well income's nice all of that you got the freedom to do whatever you want and then mm. you definitely are not as motivated like you wake up and yeah it's like things are good you don't have to work as hard you don't have to push it as hard yeah. um i think one sort of switch that i've had recently um that has helped me a lot is i've shifted away from how can i make as much money to then put into investments and all of that and, and more shifted towards how can I build something really amazing mm. and and almost not focusing on the money as much, which you can only do once you're at a point where you're making a decent income where you don't have to worry about it. But now the the, the thing I'm chasing is not how can I have more money in the bank account short term as well. Like how can I create something amazing? How can I create really, really good services mm. for clients? How can we hire more people that can produce great stuff? How can I make the best possible content for YouTube? And all of these metrics, which I'm not comfortable in because you always want to be better at. And I think that's helped a lot, shifting the focus from, you know, how can I add a few more digits to the bank account to how can I be the absolute best? And then you can ping on, on that front, um, which has helped me a lot personally. Um, I also think just doing a lot of sports and fitness and all of that, you, you always, you just create that habit of striving to be better, which close to business as well yeah no I agree with that I think fitness has such a direct correlation towards like your own mindset towards other things in life as well um 
the the part about money actually like did you ever find yourself at a place where you were like if I did earn x amount it would make me happier it would make me more fulfilled and then it was almost like every time you got there you realize oh it's actually not the money and now you're at a point where you're, you're realizing actually it's about building the team it's about the impact right it's about the brand itself I don't know if it was so much earning a certain amount because mm. I've always really been I've always been saved a lot of my money so yeah. even if I was making 10 grand a month um that'd be way more than enough to live well and save half your income to invest and so on. I probably had a target like net worth goal where you could have X amount of passive income and go live on a beach or something <laughs> like that. Um, and, and I more think it's probably recently the past year where you see a lot of investment accounts, property, stocks, crypto, all of that where it like goes down and things aren't as secure and you realize that there's not really an end point where you can hey, get to this sort of net worth and just live off that money. Like you, you have to just constantly reinvest, become the best you can and become the most skilled you can and, and build all of these things up. And that more is where the safety net comes from. Not so much a net worth target, but a, a skill set, a, a business, et cetera, is more what you should be striving for. That's just what I've noticed anyway. Yeah. Cool. And then what do you feel like, what are some false beliefs you feel like a lot of entrepreneurs or like people who want to start their own businesses have? Because I think now that we've been been through it, we almost know that it's actually a lot of hard work, right? Especially I worked nine to five and compared to this, I'm like, I'm actually working like 30 times the amount more. Like I love what I do though. So it doesn't really matter, but I feel like on the outside, it's very easy to view our lives and be like, oh, they're living their best life. They can work from anywhere. Look at them traveling, blah, blah, blah. What's the reality of actually running your own business? Oh, it's, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of stress, all of that stuff there. There's stuff you see on Instagram where people are just traveling and so on. It, I mean, that's true, but it's 90% of someone's content on Instagram is going to be traveling and having a good time. Because yeah. that's not, not 90% of what they're actually doing. Like yeah. what they're actually doing most of the time is they're working really, really hard every single day. And then maybe every month they might definitely go on a nice holiday or mm-hmm. so on or have a nice weekend away where you do some cool stuff and, and have some fun and that that might be the one post that goes on instagram mm. but majority of the time like you say it, it is hard work yeah day in day out like, just putting in the effort yeah and you know what's funny is that like even with them traveling at least for like what i know with my friends around me it's like yeah we may be in different locations but it's literally like every time we're in a different location we've still got our laptops out so it's like it's at the airport with our laptop yeah. and a new coffee shop so it really doesn't matter where you are in the world you're literally still doing the exact same thing but with just like a different scenery and like a different cafe with you yeah, exactly. Like if, if people brought up my Instagram, a lot of it is travel stuff. There might be these photos in Thailand or Bali or, or whatever, but what doesn't go on there is it's like you say, when you're working, when you're doing all of that stuff, which probably should, but it's just love is sexy and doesn't look, doesn't look as cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how do you find yourself with like your friendship group? Because I, you know, as an entrepreneur, it can be quite lonely, especially if you haven't gone to uni, right? So most of your friends are still from high school versus now, but you must be a completely different person now, especially knowing what you know and having had all your experience in life. How do you find yourself with like your circle? Do you have a big circle? Um, yeah, what's life like? I'd say I've got a big circle of people that I know sort of loosely or that are like sort of acquaintances, um, which is the cool thing about social media. Like I've probably got, I could probably go to any city in the world and just about have someone that I like sort of have known through the internet for a few years, which yeah, is, yeah. is cool when you're traveling. Um, I when I was in high school just had a handful of close mates so I sort of had three four close mates in high school and I'm still close with them nowadays and we still have a lot of things in common on personal side of things I'm not 
business owners or entrepreneurs or anything, but yeah. I love a sport with them, good memories and still stay in touch and spend time with them. And then I think you just build other friends who are doing similar stuff. So I've got other people now who are building cool businesses, working hard in the gym, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you. I think being an entrepreneur, you, you start to know a lot of people but don't have as many close close friends or it takes longer to build those close friends because there's less people that you have stuff in common with because not many people, it's, it's hard to relate to someone if you're spending all day working and, and building something and they might be just rocking up to work doing the bare minimum to not get fired and then go home and relax. Like it's, it's a very different life and so it's hard to relate to those people and form those deeper connections. But when you find them, it is, it's awesome. Yeah, how many close people do you think you have then? So, like, if something was to happen, how many people can you count that you'd actually be able to turn to? Um, probably my, I'd say it's sort of like four mates from high school, all, all very good close mates that I could turn to. I've got um, my parents, my brother, a couple other family members that I'm pretty close with, uh, and and then I've probably got a similar four to five mates who run similar businesses that. I could reach out to so there's still probably a decent decent group of people but not all in the same city as me which is not not great but um i've probably got more than most to be honest now that i think about it yeah that's actually a decent amount <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like you know my yeah. uh, my therapist asked me this and i was like thinking i was like i have so many friends in terms of just like a massive circle right and same as you said like i could go to different countries and i will know someone and it's so amazing and I'm always around people at times, but then like when I actually think about, okay, if something really bad was to happen, I really needed to like cry to someone or we'll talk about something really personal. I could probably count like two people maximum, two or three people friends wise that I would actually go to. Um, I think one being just like when you move around quite a bit, you form a lot of connections, but not deep connections. Um, and I think it's another yeah. thing where people almost kind of look at you traveling. They're like, oh, best life, like digital nomad kind of life. It's incredible. You meet so many different people, but it's like you don't have deep connections. And I think you know, as human beings, we need that those deep connections as well. It's not just like those fleeting connections. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I mean, to be honest, I probably wouldn't run to all of those people if something day to day went bad, or if I'd been struggling with something, I probably wouldn't open up. If shit really, really hit the fan, I could count on those people. But honestly, I think it's maybe it's a guy thing, but I guess it's not. If you're also feeling similar, but I just wouldn't go and talk about something that's upsetting me I would probably just try and figure it out myself which yeah. is probably not the best way to go about it but um the other interesting thing I've found on the flip side of that though is when you do like how you say it you don't meet that many people that can relate to you when you do meet someone that can relate to you you almost form a connection really quickly yeah um because that might be quite rare to meet someone on a similar wavelength like mm -hmm. I've met people recently who are very similar to me and it's like within a month you feel like you've known them for years yeah. because you don't come across many people that are similar and then when you do it's like oh shit you have that same thing you have that same thing that same weird thing no one else has got that um yeah. which is a cool thing when you can find them yeah how do you find that actually being in New Zealand because the biggest reason why I had to move was like I just felt like it was really hard finding like-minded individuals um obviously it's my home but it was just like I felt like I had almost outgrown the place in a way. How do you feel now being in New Zealand still? And obviously, you know, I, th I think we had a conversation about obviously wanting to move later in life. Yeah, so, I mean, I've just recently moved from a small town called Nelson. Um, for people listening, it's about 100,000 people live here, up to Auckland, which is 
about one and a half million, and we're, uh, maybe two million, and where you're from, yeah. um, I think, right? Yeah. I think so. So, yeah, already a lot more people yeah. here compared to back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've definitely met some good people up here who are, who are pretty similar, but I imagine I'll probably get to a similar feeling where you sort of meet a lot of people and then as as I level a lot more, then you'll be trying to get around people doing bigger and bigger things and then for that you might have to go overseas mm. there's definitely less people here than than overseas but i've still managed to find some pretty pretty cool onto it people i just i just think in new zealand specifically and probably i feel like the australia and the mm. uk is also quite similar the people that are doing well are often pretty hard to find um in america people and maybe it's similar in dubai people that are doing well talk about it a lot a lot more whereas in new zealand I, I know guys here that are doing ridiculously big things, but they just don't talk about it online uh, because they don't want the negative backlash that's going to come from it and the whole tool poppy syndrome. So there are some people doing great things in New Zealand. They're just hard to find because they just know that they're going to get shot down. Do you feel like um, there is almost that, is it jealousy? Like where do you think it comes from? The fact that if you were to do well and you were to actually talk about it, no, people don't celebrate with you or kind of go oh wow that's super inspiring they don't look at you as like oh this is inspiring I can do the same but rather it's more like oh look at you showing off no, no idea where that comes from to be honest but yeah. not very good and yeah it seems to be very common yeah here Australia UK it seems to be a big big thing yeah maybe jealousy I guess yeah I think it was I was talking to Joseph about this um I think it's like when perhaps they know that potentially they could get there, but they're not willing to put in the work. So it's almost like, well, instead of using that inspiration, they almost want to just like shut it out of their, like, I don't know, just shut it out and to reject it, like reject any sort of success that other people are having because they don't want to know that that's actually possible. Yeah, probably. And then just come up with a reason why they didn't do it. Like instead of it being that they put in the work, that the, that the other person put in the work and they didn't, it's like, oh, it's because of, of this factor or that factor or they were lucky or born with it or whatever. Um, people will always try and come up with a reason other than looking at themselves for why they're not successful or, or living the life they want to live. Do you think luck plays into a part for success? Definitely in some aspects, for sure. Um, I think you're lucky to get born in a country like New Zealand where, where anything is possible. Um, and, and lucky on, I think I've been lucky on different aspects of life, lucky to get born with good parents, um, that sort of stuff there. But I don't think luck is the reason that people are successful um, because you can get, that, that's only going to get you so far, like that's only going to get you started. It's not lucky the fact that you put in years and years of work. It's it's not lucky that you spent, that I spent three years trying to build accounts on social media and making every mistake in the book. Um, it, it's, it is a small factor, but it's not the, the core factor. Mm. And it's not the reason people stay successful over a long period of time because luck is, it, it'll help, but it's not, you're not going to win over and over and over and over because you're lucky. Uh, it, it's just going to be because you put the work in. So I think it's a part of it, but definitely not the main factor. How about yourself? What do you think of luck? Yeah, I think I completely agree. I think 
where we start from is sort of luck, right? Like the family that we're born into, because I know that perhaps, you know, if my parents didn't allow me to quit my corporate job and they were very adamantly kind of your stereotypical Asian parents, I would not be where I am today, right? Because I would have listened to them kind of gone yep. the path of corporate. Uh, so that definitely is luck. And almost like, I think it's luck as well that it depends on how you want to look at life, right? Because the fact that my parents, again, weren't well off. And I remember like a big thing that drives me drives me is the fact that I remember those days where we'd have Mufti Day at school um, and I wouldn't have other clothes to wear. Like I'd wear my school shoes to Mufti Day and my friends would almost kind of like make fun of me. Um, and that was always just so embarrassing and so traumatic. And because of that, it was like, okay, I never want to feel that way again. I never want to be in a place where I could not buy my kids shoes or like you know clothes and that really drives me and you know you could look at it be like oh I didn't have a great childhood but on the other hand I'm like I think I'm lucky to have gone through that because now I know what it feels like to have nothing and that really inspires me to push on for more and I've seen what my parents have done I think it's lucky that I have seen them struggle because now I know what it's like um whereas you know yeah. if we both born in like well of families we probably wouldn't have that drive because we don't know what it feels like to lack something and to have to work really hard for something so I definitely do think yeah a combination of luck but if you have luck and you don't have a hard like a driven work ethic then you're not going to get anywhere but I also think that if you had no luck but you were really hard working you would still get somewhere so it's always going to be down to how hard you're willing to work if you're not lucky you may have to work a little bit harder but you'd, you'll still be successful if you're willing to put in the work yeah I, I mean, I 100% agree with that. And I think, uh, I guess I'm not even really thinking about this now, but if, if people are putting luck down to like why you're successful, people don't really look at the other side. Of like, you know, if, if all your wins are because you're lucky and all your failures are because you're unlucky, like you're probably unlucky more often than you're lucky. Like I probably make more mistakes more yeah. often than I get things right. And so with that, you've always, yeah, yeah. If, 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 if people are putting it down to luck, you've probably got more times where luck goes against your way than it goes with it um for sure yeah what's the biggest business mistake you've made i would say probably trying to keep too like trying to go too aggressive on having high profit margins uh it's probably been the biggest mistake that i've made um or not focusing enough so not focusing on one thing enough mm -hmm. so the profit margin ones i guess I've always tried to keep that, well, in the past anyway, I tried to keep it really high profit margins mm -hmm. so I could save heaps of money, put that into investments, do that sort of thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think that definitely restricts the growth of it when you're not constantly putting that money back into the business mm -hmm. to learn new skills, hire new people, invest in new softwares, all of that things, yeah. A lot of which might be complete waste of money, but then you find those few people, tools, learnings that help really grow things so i'd say that's probably my biggest mistake but then the other one would be yeah not um focusing on one thing enough uh, and i think that's why i did well when i finished high school and gave it the focus because i focused just on building the agency and serving clients rather than doing a whole bunch of little things like affiliate marketing and selling shout outs and trying to do a million different things at once yeah yeah because your attention just gets scattered doesn't it and it's very easy to almost get um shiny object syndrome where you look at all these other things you're like oh that's gonna work that's gonna work and you spread yourself there yeah 100 percent. i think a lot of people i think most entrepreneurs struggle with that at some point and then they learn and i think it's constant battle because then even now like i know that lesson but occasionally i'll see something pop up and then i'll spend too much time trying to research it or learn it or do it and then you're like hang on a minute let's, let's go back i think you just get better at reeling yourself back in 
Yeah, no, I'm the exact same, especially now because there's just so much online on Instagram, on YouTube about like, oh, how to make money online and what you can do to like increase your leads, blah, 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 how to improve your business. And it's so many different things. And I'm sure they could work. But if you can't put 100% into one thing, then you can't be doing 10% of like 10 different things and expect it to work, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing is like all of the, well, not everything, but most of these like make money online opportunities do work. Like learning how to use AI is going to work. Learning how to do drop shipping or an agency or whatever, all of that stuff is going to work, but they won't all work at the same time. Like you have to pick, yeah, you have to pick one of them and get really, really good at it. Because if you're putting 30% of your energy into drop shipping and 30% into trying to learn how to invest and 30% into starting an agency, and you're competing against another drop shipping store without putting 100% of their effort into it, you're not going to beat that person. They're just going to be so much better. They're going to have, better looking products you're going to have better copy they're going to have better ads and they're just going to win and your stuff's not going to do as well um so you go focus when we look at social media so obviously you know quite a bit about growing a brand and pages i know that you recently had one of your instagram accounts like shut down and you've regrown it again tell me like if you were a business owner, maybe a coach or an agency owner, more so coach, personal branding, um, and you were struggling with your reach, um, your posts just aren't getting seen, what would you do to grow your followers by, let's say, 50K in a year? It's probably not even that much compared to what you've grown, but let's just say 50 to 100K in the next year. So the two things that will always work and that will always stick with you and that are actually way easier to track is just one, how can you create the best content in your industry? Like how can you create something that's really, really helpful, that's got a strong hook, good value, serves the people you're trying to reach, all of that stuff there. Mm-hmm. And how can you really refine that? How can you make it better? A lot of people, and myself included, you'll create a video and you'll think it's useful, but then you can go back and you'll be like, how can I make the lighting slightly better? How can I make the audio a little bit better? How can I speak clearer or present it better? Mm-hmm. How can I help people better looking, like really analyzing like how you can make that content as quality as possible mm-hmm. and, and really going in on that? Because as soon as you start doing that, people are going to start watching your content longer which is going to tell all of the algorithms that, hey, this is good stuff and they should be showing it to more people. People will engage with it better. They'll see you as, as a, like a more of a status, like higher, authority higher ranking. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, authority figure, that's the word. Uh, because they see it's higher quality stuff and so they're going to be more inclined to follow and engage and so on. So that's the one part is how can you make the absolute best content possible? And then the other one is how can you build more community? So how can you find other people in your niche that post similar content and engage with them and start engaging with each other's content? How can you respond to people who enjoy your stuff and might send you a DM? Even if you're busy, how can you send them a quick 20 second voice message and say you appreciate them and answer their question? And that, that sort of stuff that doesn't scale. So you might do that one by one and just slowly build up that fan base of people who absolutely love your stuff. And if you do those two things, it might take a couple months but you start building this really, really loyal audience. Like with my account, it took us, when I started a new page mid last year, mm-hmm. took us five months to get to 3,000 followers wow. doing that. Yeah. Not very sexy, not, 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 not amazing. There's no like viral clip there. But then because of that community of people, 3,000 people that started engaging with that stuff, Instagram started pushing our content out to more and more people. And it went from like 3,000 to 30,000 in about three months, I think, after that. Um, and then it got taken down. We got it back now. 
it's about 40k now so we're coming up about probably eight months of having a jump but it's just that consistency and that momentum that you build from a how can you create the best content and b how can you build community of really loyal engaged people yeah so if we were to dissect number one down so how can you create the best content in your niche where would you start from there? Because I know that for a lot of listeners here, they're probably like struggling with the reach as well. They know that, hey, my business does rely on people actually seeing my content. Where would you start? First place would always be the hook. So like how can you create a hook for your content that's going to grab people's attention? Mm. Nowadays, people are often scrolling through TikTok, through Reels, through Shorts, even through long-form content on YouTube, even on LinkedIn. People are looking through content on LinkedIn. I've only seen those first couple of lines. So like, how can you create a hook that's going to grab someone's attention? What is your target audience struggling with? What are they trying to learn? How can you get them to watch your content in those first couple of seconds? You, if you're a coach of some sort, that might be showing off a result that you got from a client, how you help someone achieve X amount of growth on social media, how you help someone lose X amount of weight, gain X amount of muscle. You might be referencing a study where there was something crazy was found in your industry how can you say something in those first two seconds it's going to capture the attention of people who watch your content uh, and and it also comes down to the visual of the content so how can you have a nice set behind you good lighting good audio all of these little things that will capture attention that's going to be the majority of it so if you can get that hook done well it almost flips when people watch your content when they first see it come up if they're watching a reel for example Straight away, like the natural thing to do is to keep scrolling to swipe to the next thing. If you can hook them in to watch it, the default becomes they're going to watch it. So after they've watched those first couple of seconds, people are more likely to just sit there and watch the rest of it so they can actually get something out of the time they invested. So those first few seconds, absolutely crucial. Create something that will hook people. And then all you have to do is like not mess it up. Just give people valuable insights, deliver on whatever you said in those first couple of seconds in the video. Don't have any like dead space where it's like really boring. Just cut it short, sharp to the point, give people what they want, move on is probably the best way to create better content. That hook, like the hook and the idea of the content, like the topic is 90% of the content nowadays. With your own content strategy, how do you plan your content out? So most of it just comes from results, either, either results that I've achieved or things that I've learning is where I get all of my ideas from. So if I'm listening to an audiobook and then I hear someone talk about a study mm. that relates to something I'm creating, like relates to my niche, I'll just jot down that idea about that study and then I'll go learn more about it and I can create a video about um, about that study. Or if we get a really good result for a client and they grow, they gain 10,000 followers in 30 days, for example, I can jot down that idea. In, in my notes of how X went from zero to 10,000 followers in 30 days. And so you're trying to think of things that will be useful to the people you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. And I, I just have a, a notes app open. So during the day, ideas will come into your head. Mm-hmm. Results will happen. You'll learn things, write it all down. I'll then sit down, usually once every couple of weeks, write out these ideas, script it out into longer form YouTube videos and then I'll go I found a studio here in Auckland which is nice. awesome for filming content and I'll just rock up film it and then I'll send it off to my editor and the editor will make it look awesome for YouTube sort the thumbnail all of that there and then I've got great content to post on YouTube 
And then I have to go through and, and clip it up as well for short form content. So that gives me enough content to post TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all of that there. And all I have to focus on is creating four or five really good videos every month. Mm. And that pretty much gives me content to every platform all month. Yeah, that's incredible. That's really inspiring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a game changer. Um, I think finding a good studio has actually helped a lot because I used to film everything from home, but then you'd have to like set up the lighting, set up the, uh, yeah. the microphone, which is not my strong suit at that technical aspect. Um, and now I've got a studio I can rock up and in an hour I can probably film three videos. So I need to rock up to the studio, film it. That looks way better. It saves heaps of time. Um, and that makes everything better, not only the long form, but the short form. It just takes everything up a notch, so I would highly recommend it to people. I think that's also, again, as you say, like reinvesting back into the business, right? Because I think for a lot of us, we go, oh, I'll just do it at home. I can do the exact same setup. It's not as nice, but it works because we're going to save a bit of money. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's like one of those ROIs that you may not see immediately, but over time, that little difference of you switching to a studio probably is actually going to give you such a big ROI in the future because you look more professional. You have better performing you know, videos and reels as well. Yeah, 100%. Because in the past, if like I shoot, like if it's a YouTube video and they just see, they can probably tell it's filmed at home. Mm. Um, it gives off a certain authority. Um, the, the information is still really good. So they're, they're going to get a bit out of it. But then all of a sudden, if they see it's like filmed in a professional setup and it looks really good, they just in, increase the perceived status of you in their heads. So when they get on the phone with you, they, they automatically assume that this person's services or coaching or courses or, or whatever it might be is probably going to be quite high quality just based off that impression so it helps with sales it helps with getting people to watch your content longer all of those things and i i wish i'd done it sooner yeah amazing cool so we're going to wrap things up now here um but before we end off i'd love for you just to share what's one thing that you wish you knew say five years ago when you first started your business for anyone else who's listening here and wants to also start their own social media business or any sort of online business? Probably the biggest thing is just really focusing on one specific customer, like type of customer, sorry, not one customer in general, but one group of people that you want to serve and just figure out how you can bring them as much value as possible. Like if you just focus on how you can deliver a ton of value for those people, if you're growing social media accounts, how can you create the best content that's going to grow the biggest audience for this person that's going to make them? Um, so are you there? Yeah, yeah. Um, hold on. I don't know what has happened. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, okay, I mean, that's going to have to get chopped out. Someone <laughs> just called my phone. It came through like on my computer. Um, okay, what well, was that one biggest... Um, so if you could give someone one piece of advice that you wish you knew when you first started your business, um, so for someone who's also looking to start their own business right now from online, what would it be? Yeah. So the biggest thing would definitely just be how can you provide as much value as possible to a specific group of people? And if you just really hone in on optimizing for that, there will never be any issues because if you can bring a huge amount of value to someone, help them, if you're in the social media world. If you learn the best way to create the best content, grow their audience, and you really focus on on that, optimizing the delivery and creating amazing results, that's going to help the retention of your clients. It's going to help you with getting new clients because you have a stack of evidence and referrals. 
and it'll fix most of the problems in the business because at the end of the day, the results you can generate are amazing. Mm. They're going to stay. New clients will come. And gaining new clients and keeping new clients are probably the two key things of just about any business. Yeah. And then if I can add an extra one, it's probably just, it's not going to happen overnight. Enjoy the process. It's yeah. going to take a while. It's probably going to take longer than expected. Um, and there's no real end so like enjoying journey of building it enjoy the days we don't have money and you're trying to scrap things together yeah um, and enjoy all of it because it could be you could be doing it forever like there's no end goal you're not going to get to a point where you just stop everything mm. uh and that's life like you're just going to sit on sit on a beach and drink some cocktails and yeah. do that for 40 years like you're always going to be building so just enjoy it yeah amazing cool thank you so much for coming on no worries. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And then if um, someone's listening, they want to find you, where can they find you? So if you just put Josh Ryan into Instagram, YouTube, um, LinkedIn, any of that stuff there, my best content is probably on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but Instagram's a lot of day-to-day. Just be careful when you follow them because there is another guy with a similar name to me. No, not actually. But, well, there's fake accounts. There's a guy from the UK who's like the same age as me, the same height as me, and he looks relatively similar, but completely different content. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at Josh Ryan on Instagram or youtube.com slash Josh Ryan should get you there. Amazing. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, and I hope that this episode was helpful and I will catch you guys in the next episode.